when we um, when I do a series, it's as I shared with you last week. It, it can just go and go and go. The word of God just sort of, sort of comes in and, and just sort of permeates everything that you know the, the service. And when we look at the Lord's prayer, it's so there's so much there. Um, I feel like we could do six months more of the Lord's prayer, but uh, we move on. And um, the new sermon series this morning is called Transformed. We're beginning this series this week, and I want to read, if you have your Bibles with you. In fact, we don't often do this, but we're going to read a section out of God's Word together and uh, read it in its, uh, read just a few verses. But would you stand in honor of the reading of God's Word this morning? Romans chapter 12, I'm sorry, in verse 1 and 2. It's, it's a short couple verses, but just stay standing as we read this together. If you have it, say amen. Guys are a little sleepy this morning. I'm always hoping those first three songs, people would be all energized and, and ready to go. Romans chapter 12, in verse 1. Follow along. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform. This is our. This is the thrust of our whole message series. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your say mind again. Okay. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Read that again. Transformed by the renewing of your Thank you. You may be seated. Let's leave it there for a moment. So what do we know? We know that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we know that that there is a battle going on in every mind. We know that most of life's battles, are, if you would agree with me this morning, this means yes, this means no. little participation, you know it's lonely up here. I like a little dialogue, not just a monologue, right? You got it, right. Get it, Get ready. We know that most of life's battles are won and lost in our minds. And we know that it's almost impossible to live a positive, productive life when we are consumed with negative thoughts all the time and negative things in front of us and doom and gloom. What this? Let me start right off, right from the gate, though. What this sermon is not about is the power of positive thinking. This is not that. So if you've already tuned out online or you've already tuned out sitting in here, this is not that. This is something else. We know that if you don't change the way you think and what is in front of you, we know that 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 will never impact the way you it will never impact the way you live if you don't change the way you think. And let me let me unpack it a little bit. Proverbs 23, and this all comes from the Word of God. This isn't some crazy, psychological, mumbo-jumbo, you know, kind of weird stuff. This isn't that. Hang in there. This is the Word of God. Proverbs 23 says this, As a man thinks, so is he. As a man thinks, so is he. I like the King James there, that as a man thinketh, so he is. I like the word. I want to go around using those King James words sometimes, like in, in general public. Thinketh. 
as a man thinks, so is he. So God wants to, God, I believe, wants to speak healing into our lives. He wants to speak, uh, he wants to speak a transformational word through this ser- through this sermon series into our minds to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is God's word. And I wanted to kick off the, the, the whole series with that scripture as sort of the, the thrust behind it all. But now turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, this book was written by the Apostle Paul. You all know who Paul was? The Apostle Paul. Paul was a prisoner in Rome by now, um, when he had really well only wanted to be a preacher in Rome. And from a Roman prison, he wrote, if this is not a book, Philippians is not necessarily a book, it's actually a letter that was written by Paul to the Philippian church, which he started and helped along the way. And he he wrote a very meaningful, encouraging letter, sort of a letter of joy, it's been called, to the believers there in, in the town of Philippi. So this is the Philippian letter. And how he ended his letter was this, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, somebody say peace of God. Get this in your hearts this morning, church. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your, what? Minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, my brothers and sisters, the end of his letter, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, say that word with me, think, about such things. Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or have heard from me, or even seen in me, put into practice. How many of us can say that about our witness? Paul says, if you've seen me, you've seen Christ. Paul says, do what I do. Paul says, whatever you've seen or heard from me, put that into practice. How many of us can say that? Hey, whatever you see me doing, you do. And the God of peace, say of peace, yeah, of peace, will be with you. I want to preach from the subject today, transformed by the peace of God. And some of you may come from a church tradition, I know, that where on Sunday morning you would shake hands and some of you would use that word peace, right? Some of you would come from a tradition where you would, where, where, where you would maybe be standing and then the, 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 the priest or pastor would stand up front and say, okay, now you'll have this, the hand of fellowship and you would say what? Peace be with you, right? Some of you know, some of you have come from that. Um, look across your row this morning, across the church, and we're not quite as traditional if you haven't noticed. And uh, instead of saying, peace be with you, go ahead and say, peace out. I love it. I love it. I love it. Y'all are so participatory. I love it. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. How many of you would even say that occasionally, or maybe even often, you have runaway thoughts? 
run away, they just kind of go, you worry, there's fear, there's sometimes anxiety at times, but you have these runaway thoughts. When I was a kid, uh, I, went, I went what they called kids outside, okay? I went outside, yeah, in the sunshine. I went outside a lot when I was a kid. I couldn't wait to get outside. I would wake up in the morning in the summertime when there was no school. Remember those lazy summer mornings? You wake up and your room is hot and the sun's coming in. You're like, time to go outside. And I would go outside and my, I'll tell you, I didn't go anywhere without riding my bike. Right? You get on your bike and my bike was a ramshackle bike put together from pieces that I've acquired and friends have given me over the years because my bike got stolen every year. True story. I got three bikes in three years. Because it got stolen three times. My, my bike got stolen. So I put together a bike that nobody would want to steal. So I get on my bike and, and I'd, I'd, I'd go about the neighborhood, right? I'd go there. But one thing I always got really anxious about there were a few neighborhood dogs that loved, it seemed like they lived, they existed to chase little kids on their bikes. Anybody with me this morning? I lived in a little suburban neighborhood in a little sectional development and I get on my bike and I'm just kind of cruising down the road. One time, I mean, we didn't have a lot when I was a kid, so I put together a bike that was sort of black and yellow and, and chrome and this and that. I had a bike one time with no seat, so I just kind of had to just ride and stand up all the time. One time I chain popped when I had no seat. Yeah, some of you are cringing right now. Right. So picture, I'm riding my bike, and I'm going, just going around the neighborhood, and a lot of times, you know, we didn't have earbuds, children. We didn't have things that we put in our ears, and we couldn't, we'd be tethered to the house with our headphones. So a lot of times, I would just carry a radio with me or strap it to the bike somehow, but I'm cruising around the neighborhood, and, and I was chased, I, I couldn't tell you, these dogs would run like they were herding sheep, and that thing would come, and it would start to, I mean, you, I would panic. And you get anxiety, like, oh, here he comes. And, you know, it's just me. I'm trying to outrun this dog. Dogs are fast, some of these dogs. And one time I, was, I, was, I would get chased by these dogs every time. You'd hear them coming. They kind of wind up. And here they come, right at, right at my feet. And I'm doing everything I could. So I got this anxiety about these dogs. And I, one time I was actually chased and bitten. Not while I was on my bike, but I was walking, just minding my own business. These dogs knew me, bike or not. And so what I, every time I would encounter a strange dog for a long time, I, was, I would get very anxious as a child. I was afraid of dogs. And that, that, that thought process went, I was trained, my mind was trained to be scared of dogs because they're coming after you. And I had this, this idea that dogs were bad. It just, boom. The things were synapses were woven around in my brain. And I was trained, my brain was trained that dogs, bad, run. And you know, you, you have, some of you have lovely dogs. My favorite kind of dogs is someone else's. And I love your dog. Now, but that's taken a long time. And so this is, I'm just explaining how your brain can be wired to be anxious and you can get off on these thought patterns that are just sort of, you know, they're not all the time, but because you've been through something traumatic, you've been trained this way. We're talking about renewing your mind, being transformed. 
Maybe there are some of you, you know, through college and everything, you were worried, or through high school, you're worried about your grades, and you're worried that you're, gonna, you're not going to be good enough, and you're not going to get into a good college, and then you won't get that degree, and nobody will want to marry you, and you can't have kids that will drive you crazy. When you do have kids, you're going to have to send them to school, and you go down these, these long paths of thinking about all this stuff, and you're worried because you're going to send them to school where there's all this stuff, and there's guns, and there's, oh, and there's all sorts of violence, and then they're going to grow up, and they're going to need cars, and they're going to need insurance, and then they're going to be involved in things. You're going to realize you have to save for college while still paying off your college and you go down these whole things and life is spinning out of control all because you didn't just wanted to get a good grade on the next test am i the only one that can get kind of crazy with their thought process you can go down these roads that can continue on in your mind and i want to say that you know so often we, 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 we sing songs of praise and we hear verses in the scripture that, that inspire us and, and get our emotions going and that's, that's a good thing. God gave us emotions. But God also gave us our mind. And our mind needs attention from God once in a while. Our minds can so easily run away from us. Talk about worry and the mind. It's sort of the central thought for this message and it's woven all throughout the scriptures that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And that is true. That has been proven. Whatever you think about the most, as the proverb said, as a man thinks, so is he. All right, stay with me. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts, which is good news if you're thinking about the things that we read in the scripture, things that are true, things that are noble, things that are good. That's good. If your life moves in that direction, it's a good direction. But when you're focused on things that make you afraid, make you anxious, our minds tend to run in a direction that actually may not be pleasing to God or helpful to us. So why is it that our mind often compounds itself with fear? And I started looking into how the brain works a little bit and how the mind works. It's fascinating that God gave us this thing called a mind. And don't disconnect rational thought and thinking with the spiritual experience. They are not two opposite things. You're supposed to think these things through. That's what the scripture said that we read. Some of you might know this, a little bit about the the brain and how it works. There's a little almond-shaped portion of the brain, physical almond shape. Does anybody know what that's called? It's called the amygdala. Even smaller. It's the amygdala. I didn't know this. Some of you might know this. A lot of you are way smarter than me. The amygdala. Don't say amen to that. Good night. When you're afraid, the amygdala is in full gear. This little almond, in fact, I think it's whatever the language is that they use for amygdala, it actually means almond. Greek, maybe? Amygdala. And the amygdala is in full gear when you're afraid. It's the fight or flight, that little fight or flight thing. And, it, and it's a very helpful part of the brain that's wired for survival. And, and it's wired to make us afraid, so we run, run away from the things that could be hurtful or dangerous. Uh, it's a good thing. Like crazy neighborhood dogs who like to eat children. This thing tells you, run! Pedal faster! And if you ever find yourself in a dangerous situation where it's fight or flight right now, that amygdala kicks in and it sends strong doses of adrenaline to your body so that you can fight or flight, get out of that situation, whatever you need to do. So for example, if you were driving to church this morning and someone is texting their way into your lane, the amygdala, amygdala does its job and says that's dangerous, swerve for your life. 
If you're in bed and you hear a loud noise at night, uh, the amygdala says either hide under the bed or get that lamp and turn it into a set of nunchucks and go. It's go time. The amygdala is responsible for survival, for fear. And the problem is the amygdala is not objective. It's got one role, one function, that is to protect. Your brain, the amygdala, is hardwired to protect. That's why this little almond-shaped portion of the brain needs help from other portions of the brain. Here, what is, you guys are getting an education. This is free this morning. Called the, the, the prefrontal frontal cortex. That's the logical part of the brain. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The prefrontal cor- frontal cortex. This is the part of the brain that speaks up whenever the amygdala is out of control. For example, in the middle of the night, you hear a noise somewhere. Your amygdala says, You should hide! The prefrontal cortex kicked in and says, Nope, that's probably the cat. Then your next thought from the prefrontal cortex is determining what to do with the cat, something you probably should have decided to do with that cat a long time ago to keep that cat from scaring your amygdala half to death in the middle of the night. And other such cat problems that all cats cause. That, <laughs> this is why God gave us the logical portion of the brain. It works with the amygdala, and it's pre-wired for survival. Without the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala responds according to programming. That's the response. Neighborhood dogs are dangerous. Now many of you, because of the way you've lived, your brain has now been pre-programmed, I'm going somewhere, hang in there, to respond to triggers that take you into an unhealthy zone of worry and fear and anxiety. You see something, you experience something, and it triggers a response that leads you to fear or unhealthy thinking. Let me tell you very clearly, the scripture does not say, Jesus, our Savior, did not say, let your hearts be troubled. He didn't say that. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. The angels who appeared before Jesus' birth uh, didn't say glory to God in the highest, stress and anxiety on the earth. No, they said glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Paul didn't say in our scriptures, be anxious about everything. But while under house arrest, wanting to be anywhere else at all that Paul was, Paul said this, he said, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, don't don't freak out about the big test. Don't freak out. Don't be anxious about the job interview. Don't be anxious about your future spouse, even though you don't have a single candidate or anywhere in sight. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, somebody say every situation. But in every situation, whether you're financially burdened, whether you're battling an addiction, whether you're fighting against a marital challenge, whatever it is, in every situation, by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, what do you do? Present your requests to God and the peace of God. We said it earlier, it's up on the screen. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which goes beyond all our human ability to understand, right? Transcends your feeble understanding and mind. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your what? And your minds in Christ Jesus. It's important. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, we present our request to God, and this supernatural peace from heaven will guard our hearts and our minds. 
Notice, how do we achieve? How do we find? How do we experience this heavenly peace from God? We experience it through the pathway, the, the Bible says, of prayer. The pathway of prayer. Talking to God. The problem for us, many of us, is prayer becomes a last resort. We wonder why we're anxious and why we're, we're, all, we're all excited about some things, let's say. Because some, so for so many of us, we say, you know what, well... All we can do now, I guess, is pray. How many have said that in the past? Come on, all we can do now is pray. Can you imagine God in heaven going, Oh, you're down to that? You're, you're down to that? All you got is me? Man, you're in trouble now, dude. I mean, if all you can do now is pray, all you can do is pray? No, prayer is never a last resort. Prayer is always our first line of offense. You can pray to God. You can go boldly before, listen church, the throne of grace to find help in your time of need. You have anything you ask according to His will in His name. God hears your prayers. The Bible says you do not have because you do not ask. That's what the Bible says. So prayer is first. Prayer is first. When you go before God, you have an audience church with the king of the universe our heavenly father our father right our father remember just several weeks back two months ago whenever we started that series our father hears your prayers the great news is not only does he hear it not only does he respond but how many know that prayer just doesn't move god prayer also changes you Prayer actually changes you. Not only does prayer move the heart of God, we're talking about the mind and the brain and how it works. Prayer can change those wired highways in your brain. Just much the same as that dog changed that wired highway in my brain. Now I'm scared of dogs because of this thing that that happened every time I got on my bicycle. With or without a seat, I was getting out of the way. You know what I mean? That dog, that trained my mind. Be afraid of dogs. Praying to God helps renew your mind. Right? What does Romans say? We just read it. I'll tell you the science behind it a little bit in the brain that our God created. A few um, decades back, not too long ago, neurologists believed that the brain didn't actually change after adolescence. Like, once your brain was formed, it was formed through adolescence. Um, But after your certain age, your brain was fixed. But we know today that that is not true. Science has proved that's not true. The brain is constantly changing, constantly rewiring itself. As we think thoughts or we experience different things, the brain is rewiring itself through a process known as, ready, here's the word of the day, neuroplasty. Neuroplasticity. That's the word. Uh, Your brain is not fixed. It's not one way that when you're done your adolescent age, your brain is always changing. And that's why we talk about the neural pathways, right? Things that were trained. And when you think a thought, it's easier to think that thought again. We get a no habit, it's easier to do that thing again because your brain is trained that way. And Which is good news, like I said, if you're thinking godly thoughts, right? If you think that godly thought, it'll be easier for you to trust them again. It'll be easier for you to see it again. It's all kind of, it's all kind of relative to what you're thinking. So here, there's another term that I, I found out about too. 
you know, oh, oh, by the way, if you're thinking godly thoughts, it's a good thing, but if it's not good news, if you're triggered to run from neighborhood dogs, right, your brain is being transformed. That's why he says, Paul says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is important stuff from Paul. There's another term I, I read about, it's called neurotheology. I didn't know about this, but now I do. So theology, right? What is theology? Somebody shout it out. What is theology? What? The study of God, right. Theology is the study of God. Theos is God and the study of. Um, It's also known as uh, spiritual neuroscience. So what is this? It's the study of the relationship between the brain and believing in God. Fascinating stuff. It's the study behind what happens to a human brain through prayer. And what happens? Here's the spoiler. You ready? Nobody's ready. Thank you. Prayer changes your brain. Not only does prayer touch the heart of God, but prayer actually changes the way... I picture a switchboard. Does anybody know what a switchboard is? Remember when phones came out? Something about that? Randy, when phones came out, what was it like? (laughs) I tease because I love. But you know the switchboard, right? You're constantly moving and you're connecting this person with that person, right? You pull this one out and put it in here and you pull this one out. You're constantly making these connections. That's kind of the way it is in your brain. You're, you're constantly making new connections when new experiences happen. And I read this about, there's a, an author named Carolyn Leaf and one of her books is called Switch on Your Brain. And, uh, and I just thought this was interesting. Um, Not that I would subscribe to or promote or say you need to go believe everything that she writes. Because some of it's a little little different. But she did say this scientifically. She said, It's been found that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an 8-week period, 12 minutes a day over an 8-week period, can change the brain to such an extent that it could be measured on a brain scan. So if people could see the difference... These things that are being moved and constantly moved around. that You can see that on a brain scan after 8 weeks of 12 minutes a day. So prayer doesn't just touch the heart of God, but prayer changes us. And just as like toxic, negative thoughts and things that are constantly in front of you hurts your brain and programs us for unhealthy thinking, unhealthy living, prayer, on the other hand, it heals the brain. It renews the mind. And that's why in Romans 12, Paul, Romans 12, Paul says this, Do not be conformed to the patterns or thought processes or the ways of this world, but be transformed, be made different by the renewing of your mind. How? By the renewing of your mind. It's important stuff. God's Word renews your mind. And prayer to God transforms your mind. So why do we worry? Why do we get so freaked out? Why is it that we stay awake in the middle of the night and we're anxious and we're, got, we're always so on edge about things? Why are we so uptight all the time? Well, there's a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons is we're experiencing what, what medicine would call the amygdala hijack. The amygdala hijack. The amygdala takes over and says, Panic! Survive! Save yourself! Prepare yourself for the worst! It's going to be bad. It's going to be the worst ever. It's too late to pray. Survive. Forget everybody else. Save yourself. The amygdala hijack. And it's, that's what someone who studies neuroscience might tell you. But what the Apostle Paul would tell you from his theological position, he would say this, your mind is dominated by sinful thinking. 
That's what the Apostle Paul might say. He said, your mind is being dominated by sinful, sinful thinking. What is worry? And I struggled with this. And I had a hard time coming to grips with what I'm going to tell you. But it is the truth. What is worry? Worry, get ready for this. This is tough to swallow, folks. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. I'll say it again. Worry is the sin of distrusting, distrusting, distrusting the promises and the power of God. What is worry? Worry is saying to God, you know what, God, I don't believe you're good enough to cover this. God, I don't really trust you with this. Letting your mind be dominated by sinful thinking, Paul would say, instead of letting my sinful nature control my mind, in in Romans chapter 8, instead of letting my sinful nature control my mind, I want to choose, and here's what I love about this, I want to let the logical part of my brain choose that which is spiritual and which is good because I believe that which is spiritual is eternal. Therefore, I'm going to logically choose to believe what God says is true. We have that choice. Romans 8, 5, and 6. Those who are dominated by the sin... This is in the scriptures. This is Paul. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, what do they do? What do they do? They think about sinful things. So you see Paul making the connection here. This is important. It's not just emotional, feel-good, kind of, yay, Jesus. This is important stuff that affects the way you think. Paul says those who are dominated by the thin, sinful nature think about sinful things. And those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. And the reason I struggled with the sin of worry, hear me, is because I believe there are different levels of worry. Alright? I'll be fair. If I'm worried about whether the spaghetti I cooked is good or not, if I'm worried about if people will like my bread that I baked, if I'm worried about people will like the painting I've made, that's different than, than overall worry about not, and not trusting God. Are you with me? Make that connection. Be grown-ups and don't, don't send me emails. <laughs> But those who are controlled by the Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So Paul went on to say that letting your sinful, sinful nature control, control your mind, it actually leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That's why we take every thought captive, right? The Scripture says. Take every thought captive. So if there's a thought that's inconsistent with God's Word, we take that thought captive and we make it obedient to Christ, Paul says. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take those thoughts captive. We will not be dominated by sinful thoughts that are displeasing to God. This is important stuff that happens in the mind of a believer. We will will not be dominated by sinful thoughts as the scripture tells us. We choose, and that's the best part about it, we choose to follow God's truth, we choose to follow His Spirit, which leads not to anxiety, and not to stress, not to fear, but leads us into what? Life and peace. Life and peace. The peace of God. 
the Spirit of God, letting the Spirit of God control your mind, leads to life and peace. How do we do it? Well, I, I would suggest to you that you can tell your prefrontal cortex to grab your amygdala by its tail or horns or whatever it has but you give your burdens to God you, you, you give it over to God that's why we come and we kneel and we pray we don't carry our burdens around we give them to Him and then we think and we let our, our minds and lives be controlled by the Spirit that leads to peace do you need peace? is there unrest in your thought life in your mind? there's obviously unrest in the world turn on the TV but is there unrest in your mind? Retrain your mind by thinking and letting the Spirit control your mind. Give your burdens to God. Here's a little illustration. I want to leave you with this. I'll wheel this closer so I can get to it. Thanks, Wes, for getting that up here for me. All right. So oftentimes, right? Everybody see that? What's this box say? How about this one? All right. Glad you can see it. So often we get this box full of worries, right? We have a box full. And we got this and that coming at us. And, and, and so you ta- in a moment of faith, you take whatever's worrying you out of that worry box, right? And you say, God, I'm giving this to you. And you put it in the God box. Take it, Lord. I'll take it. I have this worry, and Lord, I'm surrendering. And you put it in the God box. And then that's, that's in the God box. You've given it to him, right? Now you're waiting. All right, God, if you have any, haven't done anything with it, I'll just take it back. I'm, I'm good with that. You really haven't done anything with this, so I'm just going to take it back. Why do we do this? Why in the middle of the night, God, I don't think you can handle it. The problem is... Your God is a little too small in your mind, and your worries are too big. It's time to get a bigger God. And you you can get a box like this, and you can get your worries, and you can take them out, and you can put them in there, and you sit there, and you're like, oh, I'm still... God, you didn't do anything about it. I'm taking it out. What is your worry? Maybe it needs to look like this. Maybe it needs to look like this. Some of you, I would encourage you, literally, get a box. Get a box. It doesn't have to be this cool, but get a box. It could just be a shoe box and put God's name on it, symbolically. And every time you worry, you've got a burden, you've got a concern, your mind races, write down what that worry is. Whatever it is. Maybe it's your, your children. Maybe it's the, the bills that are keeping you up at night. Maybe it's the fear of the future. It might be a relationship. Whatever it is. Write it down and symbolically put it in your God box. And say, God, I am trusting you with this person. I'm trusting you with this situation, God. It's yours. I am trusting you with it. And then go on with life. And when you want to worry about it at 2 in the morning... What you got to do is you got to get up out of bed, go to the God box, and take that thing out of there. Say, I'm still, God, I don't trust you with this. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. What are we told to do? We're told to cast our cares on Him, right? Because He cares for us. We don't just take our worries and kind of 
put them with God and say, okay, God, because we always end up going back and taking them, right? We go back and we take them out. God, here, I'll take that back. Here's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. We give it all to him. I don't know what some of you are thinking, you know, well, some of you say, you know, well, that's just like irresponsible. You just like to live in denial. Here you go. Let, you know, yeah, right, sure. Just give it to God. See what good that is when the bills come due, right? See what that is when the mail comes. Just give it to God, right? I'm not talking about living in denial. Let me give you kind of my philosophy on how, how we can try and live this out. I want every time there's something that I can do, I'm going to do what I can do. Everybody say, do what I can do. Okay. I'm going to do what I can do. In other words, if I've got a health issue, if i got something going on, you know, a lot of you know I'm going to have my gallbladder out in a couple weeks. Woo-hoo. A lot of you have welcomed me into the club. <laughs> but if I have a health issue or something, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to exercise. I'm going to go to good doctors. I'm going to seek good counsel. I'm going to do what I can do. If I've got a big thing coming up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prepare for that. If you have a big exam coming up in your life, or you have a big job thing going on or something that you need, to, you're going to do what you can do. Got a financial issue, you know, you're going to make a budget, you're going to get good advice, spend less than you make, all that stuff that Dave Ramsey would tell you to do. <laughs> Novel idea. It's amazing how that works. I'm going to do what I can do. Then what I'm going to do is I am going to give to God what I can't do. Right? participation. I'm going to do what I can do. You know, I'm going to do what I can do. But I'm going to give to God what I can't do. And then ultimately then, I'm going to trust Him no matter what. I'm going to do what I can do, give God what I can't do, and trust Him no matter what. I want you to imagine this. Those of you that often battle with worry and, and anxiety and, and a lot of concern, and you're just a worry, I want you to imagine with me for a moment. I want you to imagine, and the, and the words are still up here. Imagine a true heart of peace. Like a deep, abiding sense of heavenly joy, a peace of mind that is impossible to explain with words, the depth of a trust in God. What I want you to know is this morning, folks, that that is possible. That is possible. It's a choice, but it's possible. If your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts... Do you like where those thoughts take you? Because it's a choice. It's a choice. This is a choice. You're not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. It's a choice. The, the weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. Amen? You have divine power to demolish strongholds, the Bible says. You take everything that is not of God, every pretension, and you demolish it. You take every thought captive, what the Word says, and you make it obedient to Christ. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart. 
It guards your mind and guards your soul in Christ Jesus. You're not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to your addiction. You've been rescued from the power of darkness, the scripture says, and brought into the kingdom of God's light. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame that. You don't interpret God through your circumstances. You interpret your circumstances through the goodness of your God. And you bathe everything in prayer. Everything in prayer. Because you're not anxious about anything, the scripture says. But in everything, present your requests to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There will always be a battle in your mind. Let Jesus win that battle. Take the thoughts captive and let Jesus replace them with the truth. Because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Do you need freedom this morning? Talked a lot about freedom in that previous series. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Would you stand this morning? I know this is easier illustrated and said than done. You take your worries and give them wholeheartedly over to God. But if you would at least begin today. Nothing happens without a beginning. Got to begin somewhere. That's not an overnight thing. It's not easy. It's, it's a lot of wiring that's been programmed. I didn't become afraid of dogs overnight. It took a few of them chasing me and one of them biting me. And then I was programmed. Dog's bad. Run. Amygdala. Get out of there. Save yourself. But begin somewhere. Just begin. Randy's playing that familiar song to a lot of us. Change our heart, oh God. Change my heart, oh God. And if you would reflect on what you've just heard from the Word of God, and whatever the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning, can you start somewhere? Can you start somewhere from that anxious worry constantly can you start to maybe have God through prayer transform your mind not only the way you think but the more you do that the more you go to him new pathways will be programmed in your mind God gave you your body God gave you your brain and your mind And the more you go to Him, and the more you trust Him, and the more you put your anxiety in His hands, the Scripture says, be anxious for nothing. The more you do that, those new pathways will be formed in your mind. And then it becomes something that's not all we can do is pray. Then it becomes something with, well, got to pray. Time to pray. Time to pray. you bow your heads with me this morning in response to what we've just heard father as we are here gathered in your name this morning lord we know that there are deep 
long struggles that are in our lives that are just there. Lord, we know that they have a long history of waking us up at night and keeping us worried, Lord, and making us full of anxiety. Lord, deep worry that occupies our mind, Lord. God, really at the root of worry is not trusting you. And at the root of that deep-seated worry and not trusting you, Lord, is a thing called sin. And some of us need to just turn it over to you. Take all of our worries and anxious thoughts and take them captive. And Jesus, make them submit to you. Part of this trust in you, God, comes from making new pathways through prayer. Being able to fully trust you and let go of our anxious thoughts and our worries, Lord, takes new practices. And might it begin with prayer. So God, I pray that people would hear your message from your word. And that we would have the courage, Lord, and the, and the confidence to trust in you fully. That these wouldn't just be words that we've heard spoken, oh, trust in God. But that we would actually put this into practice so that you would change our hearts and transform our minds. you've heard the word this morning and you're you're reflecting on what you did here this morning ask the Holy Spirit what are you saying to me this morning ask him say how would this affect, affect my life this morning if you're ready to begin that transformational process just begin somewhere If you're ready to begin that transformational process of of taking those anxious thoughts and those worries that have consumed you and hand them over to God. We don't want to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. And I want the church to be aware that there are people in our midst. We're not going to single you out. So with your heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I, I, I need to start somewhere. This worry, this anxiety, the waking up in the middle of the night, all of this wringing my hands, Lord, is, has consumed me. And if you're honest before God and honest with yourself this morning, you would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm, uh, I'm the worrier. It's consumed me. And I need to create new paths through prayer. And an utter dependence on God to heal me. And take this worry and anxiety from me. And I need to begin today. Pastor, would you pray for me? I would be honored. And if that's you this morning, just slip your hand up right where you are. Nobody looking around. Say, that's me. Amen. Amen. Hands up all over. I see you in the back. Yes. Amen. Amen.
surrender it. Begin somewhere. Begin to surrender that stuff to God. One more time, I look across. If that's you, you say, Pastor, pray for me. Amen. Church, you don't need to know their names, but know that there's people in our midst that are starting a new journey this morning. A new journey past anxiety, past worry. Trusting fully in the God of the universe that He can take care of it. He can handle it. You don't have to carry it around with you. You can be set free and have this renewing of your mind happening even as we pray this morning. God, in your presence of Jehovah Jireh, the God who heals, in your presence this morning, God, your people need a touch from you. And so, Lord, would you meet these needs beginning right now? People are starting at a place, Lord. People are carrying around heavy burdens. People are carrying around things that are legitimately concerning. Real situations that are so concerning and worrisome. And God, people are putting their faith and trust in you this morning. People are letting go and being set free. Beginning the process. Creating that new pathway in the wonderful brain that you've given us. That we might be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That we would think godly things. We would think on that list that you provided for us in Philippians. The noble things. The trustworthy things. The things of God. We surrender it to you this morning, Jesus. Change our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, change our lives. We're confident, Lord, that you can do it. We know, Lord, that you'll surround us with people, loved ones and believers, Lord, that can bring us along, help us to cherish those relationships. People that will speak truth in our life. People that will help and assist in renewing our minds through prayer together. I thank you, Lord, for every person who has had the courage to say, that's me, Pastor, pray for me. And I know, Lord, that these aren't words that are bouncing off these walls, that people actually seek transformation this morning. Thank you for tender hearts, Lord, that would say, yeah, Pastor, that's me. Help us as a church to come around those who need that prayer and need that encouragement. pray that our church would be an obedient church that would pray for those that need that transformation this morning I thank you Lord for meeting us here it's a privilege Lord not a right I thank you for transformed minds and lives Lord I thank you Lord that we can take our worries and cast them all on you and never go back and reach in and get them out again when they're yours they're yours Heal our minds and heal our hearts and heal our lives, Lord. Change us. In Jesus' powerful name, amen and amen. God bless you all. As you depart from this place, may you not depart from his presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.